Hi, good morning everyone. Um, we're sharing from Psalm 24 today. Um, the first couple of verses, it begins with establishing who God is. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Every creature and person on earth is owned by God. And this is the great and powerful God that we have. And um, who is it that can ascend the hill of this kind of God and stand in his holy place? Uh, you would think that this kind of great God wouldn't be able to be approached by frail humanity, by creatures that God created. So it's quite amazing in this text that actually this kind of God can even be approached. And who is it that can approach this kind of God? The criteria is not the powerful, important, competent, useful person, but rather, as it says in verse 4, it is the one who has clean hands, a pure heart, doesn't lift up his soul to what is false, doesn't swear deceitfully. As I thought about this description of who can ascend and stand in his holy place, saw how contrary it is to the values of the world. A person with these characteristics would ultimately come to recognizing his or her own sinfulness and creatureliness. To have clean hands and a pure heart, to not lift up one's soul to what's false, to not swear deceitfully, would lead to one seeing their own vulnerabilities and truly how weak and powerless they are. Why do people lift up their souls to what's false, whether it's money, status, position, or image? It's because we want to seem stronger than we genuinely are. To have no money, status, position makes us feel vulnerable, and we are then left staring at really how we really don't have much. We are nothing more than mere creatures with no real power or strength. Or why do people swear deceitfully? It's because to speak honestly about who we are, what we've done, would actually reveal us to be fickle, dishonest, selfish, and irrational people. So instead, dishonest speech comes out. So actually, it is this very utterance that we are not all that. We are very weak, vulnerable, don't work right, selfish, irrational, fickle, dishonest, etc. that actually allows us to stand in his holy place. Um, that's pretty incredible. Uh, we who are so sinful can stand in God's holy place when we, we utter truths about ourselves, about how much we are not like the holy God that we are relating to. I just also wanted to comment on verse 4. I think uh, in this one verse, it deals with literally every part of a person because uh, it says his hands are clear, his heart is pure, one who does not worship idols and the words from his mouth are not deceitful. And taking an inventory of this, I mean, who could ever be this clean and pure and blameless? And I know I can't. If anything, uh, I can stop some of these things, but I have not been able to stop everything And at this point. It just caused me to be reminded that I can only be clean because of what Jesus has done for me, uh, because on my own, I'm not clean or pure or any of these other things described here. Um, it's this kind of person who speaks truth that will receive blessing from the Lord. Um, uh, God's ways are so different. We think that uttering truths about ourselves will result in God's wrath, maybe, or somehow getting less from God. But from God's word, we see that, no, this is the pathway to blessing and righteousness from the Lord. We don't need to fend for ourselves, prove that we're worthy of God's blessing, but rather we come honestly to Him and simply receive the blessing and righteousness from the Lord. I can't earn nor generate blessings nor righteousness for myself, but if I come honestly, I can receive from Him. Verse 7, just want to talk a little bit about the background here. I mean, 
um, verse 7 and on, the king of glory is expressed four times. And so what does it mean? Being the king of glory. Uh, one person wrote about the connections that were found in the Old Testament, the Shekinah or dwelling glory uh, from Exodus 33 when the Lord gave Moses instructions for building the Ark of the Covenant. And another connection is with the cloud of glory with the Ark of the Covenant when it entered into Jerusalem during David's and Solomon's reigns. And finally, the king of glory came through the gates or doors of Jerusalem with a great procession as the Ark of the Covenant was brought to its permanent home on Mount Zion. And so um, you see verse 7 referencing open up gates and doors. I think the most relevant here, though, would be the king of glory, its relation to Jesus, who is called the Lord of glory in 1 Corinthians 2.8. And remember, it is Jesus who, upon entering Jerusalem, experienced the shouts of an excited crowd in fulfillment of this psalm. Jesus also comes with clean hands and a pure heart, who alone can ascend the mountain of the Lord. Jesus alone will receive blessing from the Lord, because he is the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. And so everything here points us to Jesus. And I think that is both encouraging and worthy of praising Jesus, who makes us righteous through what he has done. Finally, I want to end with verse H, with Eight, which says the Lord is strong, mighty, mighty in battle. So we get this picture of an incredibly strong and powerful God. And yet in verse 7 and 9, it talks about how this king of glory must be let in. This is so true in our lives. The Lord is incredibly powerful. And in verse 1, we already established that everything on earth is the Lord's. And yet unless we open up our hearts to the Lord, he can't come in.